Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. I'm Roberta Foster. And today I welcome Cheryl Palermo to Author's Corner, and she's written the book Unusual Love Stories from the Bible, which is published by LifeWord Publishing. And she'll tell you more about how to find the book at the end of the program. Let me tell you a little bit about Cheryl. She has lived a relatively secluded life as an only child. She attended Trenton State College and graduated with a BA and a master's in education and multiple certificates in teaching, supervision, and administration with an emphasis on education and music. Cheryl is widowed and lives in New Jersey. Cheryl, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you too, Roberta, and uh, you're more than welcome. So what is it that drew you to write a book about unusual love stories? Love stories, I think, is something more erotic than anything else. Um, So I wanted to make it clear that this wasn't uh, something that, for example, Samson, everybody associates Samson with Delilah, when here he only knew her for maybe a month out of more Mm -hmm. than 50 years. So I um, wanted also to stress different accounts or different stories different characters that might touch on each and every person that should read the book. So there you have it, unusual love stories from the Bible. And I wanted, I was very specific about from the Bible, so people were clear that they were picking up a Christian-oriented book, not taking it home and being disappointed that that's what it was. They would buy it with that expectation. All righty. Uh, now, um, not every love story in the Bible is clear-cut and wonderful. Some are very messy. And so you have added those to your book as well, haven't you? Yes, I have. And the reason for that, Roberta, is that we can learn from them. Lessons come out of them if we're teachable. Good can come out of this, such as the very first chapter with Leah and Rachel. Mm-hmm. They were much more than it was more than just sibling rivalry contained in their story is jealousy, covetousness, Mm -hmm. superstition, and competition. God's love can best shine in these kind of messy situations. As with everyone, God has a purpose and a plan. Never at any time does he stop loving us or stop working the plan. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned Leah and Rachel, and so that's kind of a a big story out of the Bible and has lots of impact on um, Christ's genealogy as well. Um, So we see that God blessed Leah's ability to bear children. So why do you think he did this? And what's the significance of that in the in the story between Leah and Jacob? Well, I can't presuppose God's purpose for blessing Leah in this area notwithstanding the seven children she had. What she wanted most of all was what her sister Rachel had, mm-hmm. which was Jacob, their shared husband's love. Conversely, Leah had what Rachel wanted the most, mm-hmm. and that was children, lots of them. They both had to learn, as we all do, Roberta, that putting God first, even over their own husband, mm. was God's perfect will for their lives. Mm-hmm. And then share with us about um, Jacob. Uh, do you think he projected his anger with his father-in-law um, onto his wife, Leah? 
Well, projection is one plausible explanation as to why Leah appeared to be the recipient of Jacob's anger. She was vulnerable concerning Jacob. Mm. She was there all the time. She wanted his attention, even if it was negative. Mm. She even sold her son's mandrakes to Rachel in order to spend time with him, Mm -hmm. which is the superstitious side of um, her action. Mm -hmm. Jacob's anger was based on a lifetime of frustration and fear, not only of Laban, his father-in-law, but Esau, his brother, and having lost his beloved wife, Rachel, down the road, who was never happy or satisfied anyway, and eventually thinking he lost both his son and definitely losing his home in Canaan. So there was a lot of reasons for him to, um, you know, how we can take it out on those that are closest to us, Mm -hmm. those that we love. So, you know, I figured that could probably touch a lot of people. We have to be careful with that not projecting our anger or our frustration onto someone else. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that through these different Bible stories that you are bringing out a variety of different emotional um, responses from that the reader would would connect with. Uh, one of those is it's still in the story of Leah and Rachel, I guess, is jealousy. And you point out that it's a very toxic emotion. Yes. I also believe it's a sin, Roberta, plain and simple. Yes. It has two components, greed, but in reverse. That is, you don't want someone to have what you have, mm-hmm. and anger, which is easily provoked. Taming either one is very difficult and requires counseling, both emotionally and spiritually. That is, if you are willing um, to be counseled, if, or, or if you are willing to accept that this is an area in your life that has to be tamed. Jealousy is a twisted version of fear which is a spirit. The Bible bears that out mm. in Second Timothy first, uh, 1 through 7, that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Mm. Well, I am having a great chat today with Cheryl Palermo regarding her book, Unusual Love Stories from the Bible. It's published by Life Word Publishing. And you are listening to Author's Corner, and I'm Roberta Foster. So... Moving to a different love story in the Bible that you talk about in your book is the story of Rahab. So why did you bother to include her story in your book? Rahab changed over the years due to her occupation would be a tough nut to crack. And uh, as you may well know, her occupation was that of a prostitute. How many of us are desensitized? to the point of even seeing a crushed animal on the side of the road Mm. and calling it disgusting rather than sympathizing over the poor thing. Mm. Many things can cause this hardness. Rahab's story shows nothing is too difficult for God. Mm -hmm. He can break through anything. He can and he is willing, Roberta, no matter what you have done, no matter what I have done, what sins are out there, if we come before the Lord and confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And to see that God picked a number of women in the Bible's times uh, that didn't have the best past to actually be in the lineage of Jesus, didn't he? Yes, he did. He sure did. So another story that you have kind of alluded to already is the story of Samson. Um, And one of the things you say in your book is parents who are too loving can be the most stubborn set of people in the world. And so share more about that comment. Okay. Well, parents want the best for their children, don't they? 
If and when their children rebel and or respond contrary to established rules, parents don't fire them or throw them away. Mm -hmm. They stand by them and with them. Such was the case with Manoah and his wife. They were skilled in the Nazarite way, Jewish culture and law. They knew the angel that appeared twice to Manoah's wife was an epiphany or a manifestation of a supernatural being. They wanted their star, which is another way to, of saying um, Samson, which means, Samson means star or sunshine. Mm. They wanted their star to live the life of a Nazarite, the way the angel described it. When Samson chose to marry a Philistine girl, his parents suggested he choose a girl from among their people. When he insisted on going outside the norm, they tried to dissuade him, but he wouldn't listen. Yet they supported him and provided for him anyway. Mm. Well, that is that um, parental love that um, most of the time anyway um, is consistent regardless of the uh, outcome of the child. Um, so you also include in your book the story of King Manasseh, and you show that having a godly parent doesn't necessarily mean goodness will rub off on the next generation. So what happens in that story? Well, Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This script seemingly didn't apply to young King Manasseh. At the age of 12, he took over the kingship um, from King Hezekiah, his father, who had passed away at the age of 54. He was antithetical to all he had learned and observed. His father, on the other hand, was not only righteous, but is reputed to be one of the best kings Israel had ever known. Manasseh's behavior and policies were bringing Israel down to the brink of destruction. Manasseh was eventually captured by the Assyrians and realized, while fettered to the wall in a dungeon, that he was wrong in both theory and practice. Roberta, God forbid that that should happen to you or me or anyone listening in your audience. Then he repented fully and openly. Mm -hmm. Then he believed, and once miraculously restored as a vassal king, he undid every evil practice and reinstated worship and order in the temple. So yes, the scripture of training a child in the way he should go did apply to him as well. Mm. Well, you even personalize um, your book a little bit by writing about a comment that your dad said, um, including, God could never forgive me for what I've done. Um, so do you want to share some more about that? Yeah, this is very personal, no question about it. Um, and I can only surmise what dad meant by that expression. Clearly, it reveals he thought his previous actions were unforgivable. It also revealed a lack of knowing God's love. Mm -hmm. He couldn't fathom a God who would choose to forgive and forget his cruelty. For me, it was an apology. It was a beginning toward healing our relationship. Mm. After all those years, I mean, we are talking um, 35, almost 40 years, mm -hmm. and um, establishing a real relationship with his Heavenly Father. Mm. So did your father uh, come to know Jesus as Savior? Well, let me sum it up this way. He died at the ripe old age of 94. Whoa. And um, three days before that, and he lived 500 miles away from me. He spent the last half of his life in West Virginia. So he's holding my hands because I just threw, I, I went down there, but then I left 
like I said, three days prior to that because he was up in age, but he was being well cared for, and mm-hmm. there was no reason for us to believe that all of a sudden, just like that, bam. So, and holding my hands as I was saying goodbye to him, and you know, talking about coming back in, in a couple of months, we would talk every day on the phone. He said, Cheryl, I don't want you to worry about me because God loves me. I know that. Mm. And I love him. Mm. So don't worry about a thing. So, But yet there was many, many other indications. He would read his Bible. He would pray. He still was a bit short-tempered, but it was so... It was so well-tempered that um, I have every reason to believe that I will be reunited with him in heaven. How how wonderful. How wonderful. Uh, Great, great encouragement um, that it's never too late, is it, for us to um, humble ourselves and seek the Lord as our Savior. That's correct. And I I pray that everybody realizes that, because some people just are so hard and so down on themselves for what they have done. But God is so much bigger, so much greater. And I say, if, if you believe that God has forgiven you your sins and has cleansed you of all unrighteousness, then you need to forgive yourself, because we are not greater than God. Amen. If, Amen. if he, yep, if he says, let it go, and let's move forward together, then, then our concentration should be about serving him and glorifying his holy name. Well, your book is called Unusual Love Stories from the Bible, which continues to describe the love of God for mankind. And uh, so, Cheryl, how can people find more about your book? Okay, I have a website called C.J. Palermo, spelled P-A-L-E-R-M-O, cjpalermo.net. And if you go on there, it'll tell you more about the book in detail and how you can get it. It's almost like, you know, a supplemental to reading the Bible itself because everything comes straight out of there. Wonderful. So one more time, the book today is Unusual Love Stories from the Bible, and we've been talking with Cheryl Palermo, and we certainly thank LifeWord Publishing for giving us a copy of the book to talk about. Cheryl, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your heart with our listeners. Okay, and thank you, Roberta, for having me. God bless you and everyone listening. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you missed any part of today's interview or would like to hear it again, you can find it on your favorite podcast platform or through KNEO.org. This is Roberta Foster on The Author's Corner. Join me again next time. Never miss your favorite show again. For more than 30 years, KNEO has been bringing you great Bible teachers on a local and national level. And now, we've made it easier than ever to hear from these great men and women of God. KNEO's entire lineup is now available to listen anytime, anywhere, through our website. Go to KNEO.org slash podcast to see all the options. You can search for programs alphabetically, or you can select individual categories like culture, kids, leadership, or music. We even have a category just for locally produced programs, so you can hear from pastors and spiritual leaders located right here in the four-state area. And... All these resources are absolutely free. Kaneo's mission is to get God's Word in front of you, and this is one of the ways we do it. Give it a try today. Go to kaneo.org and click on the podcast tab to get started.